Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Press Row. A gorgeous Monday morning here in Seattle. Made it through another Corona weekend. Uh, got a chance to catch up on ESPN's The Last Dance. Also watched uh, the Homeland finale last week, last night. Very gratifying. And the entire Saturday night, I watched Waco on Netflix. If you haven't seen Waco and you're looking for something to watch, six episodes, it's really good, uh, especially if you remember the whole Branch Davidian thing from Waco, Texas. Uh, it's fantastic to watch. Anyways, Jonah Siegel here in Seattle and thrilled to have with me Don Collins, uh, longtime radio program director uh, in various markets in Canada and uh, and in San Francisco, California, where he currently is, I believe. Don, how are you? I'm excellent, thank you. The, the Waco uh, series, uh, the Branch Davidian thing is fantastic. Is it not amazing? It is, it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff. And they, will take a bit of a, a turn here, they do an amazing job telling a side of the story where you feel really badly for the folks that were in the compound. Mm -hmm. um, I have no clue. I've, I've read a lot after. I don't know who to believe. Probably the truth lies somewhere in between. But uh, they certainly seem to be a lot more peaceful and just biblical oriented, minding their own business than we originally were led to believe if you lived it live. In this time of um, working from home, sitting at home, it's worth the time to uh, bring it up for sure. So it's great. And the acting in it is fantastic. Yeah, like is. really, really fantastic. For sure. Um, How are you doing up in Seattle? All good? It's quiet here. Uh, we've been locked down for, I think we're now starting our eighth week. Yeah. Um, same as us, I think. You guys are in the same boat as California. Yeah, we, um, I'm the only one who really goes out. I go buy local products like produce and uh -huh. fresh proteins, if you will. Other than that, my, everyone here stays home. Um, we go for a walk or everyone goes and kind of does their walk. Given that my son went through what he did, we really don't let him strain too far. Uh, right. We're really careful with him. But uh, their school's been canceled for the rest of the year. They're doing online learning, if you want to call it that. Uh, tremendously disappointing, actually, what they've done. They've got a couple of hours here and there every day of, of call it meeting with a teacher. The teachers aren't teaching. They're basically throwing them at things like Khan Academy and giving them lots of assignments to do on their own and then turn in. And then we learned last week that grading is, well, I thought it was just going to be pass fail. Uh, it's now A or incomplete. So everyone's either getting an A for showing up or an incomplete for not showing up. So um, if, if you weren't worried about the kids of the future before, you certainly have reason to be so today. My wife and I talk uh, often about the school system in America as compared to the Canadian way of, uh, and, and uh, all three of my girls went through the Canadian system. Yep. One's a nurse, one's a doctor, one works for the city of Saskatoon. And our stepdaughter down here did her last couple of years down here. And it was, she walked through it. I, she said, you wouldn't believe how different it is. And now she's going to be a nurse and now it's getting tough 
but it was, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And you should be very worried about the kids and their, and their education. That's for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, here, so here's the question. Yeah. Um, if you have a kid who's about to go to college, so they're a senior this year, and they're going to a college, they're supposed to go to college in the fall. Assume they've gotten in, they've been accepted, and you've got the loans ready to go, either side of the border. If you know that school is going to start online only, are you gonna let them start or are you gonna try and defer? The, if it's, if it's the first year. Yep, first year. I would defer. Right. I hold tight. I you full experience or hang tight six months uh, and go in the second round or uh, yeah, just not worth it. I don't think there's going to be enough effort put in by the schools, colleges, or the teachers, uh, profs, um, or the students. Uh, I, I worry about it. Uh, I, you and I are alike in that we both lived on both sides of the border. So much of the experience here is the experience in the States is about mm -hmm. the experience outside the classroom and on campus. Right. Starting in your apartment and or living room um, just nullifies it. And, and, and those numbers, unless you're getting a full ride, it's a big number that someone's paying. Yeah. Um, and I think in large part, it is that experience. It's not entirely. The education's important, but then the question is, I was thinking more about if you're in Toronto, if your kid is young and they're supposed to go to a private school in an entry year in the fall, are you sending them? Private school, and yes. You would? Yes, I am. You would yeah. start them like, I think the big entry year at like Crescent, UCC, yeah. BS, like those schools, yeah. I think the entry year is grade three or four. So if they were supposed to start, and you knew it was going to start online only. You would you would have them start. Yeah, I would do I, I would do it that way uh, there mainly because I'm just more comfortable with the system and yeah yeah I kind of uh, I think they'll take the proper precautions. Um, no, I just meant uh, again. There's a social aspect to to being new, uh, <clears throat> and it's a really big nut. Like you're talking thirty grand a year. Um. Anyways. So how, so you look well, I can see my listeners can't, but you look well. Um, you have a really interesting background and, and, and because you were and are in the programming role, the audience doesn't get to know a whole lot about you. Like you're a Canadian. I see that your first, you, you went to Western Academy Broadcasting College. Where, where is that? Uh, yeah, that was to be in Saskatoon, Western Academy Broadcasting College. Don Scott is the, uh, owner and facilitator of that. And it's a, it's a crash course on how to be a DJ, read news. Uh, they pump them out pretty quick. And uh, it was virtually 16 weeks and I had landed my first gig in Dauphin, Manitoba. So, are, you, are you from out west? I am, I'm from Saskatchewan, yes. Just outside of Regina. Small town, uh, Dysart, Saskatchewan, farming community. I was supposed to be a hockey player, but um, grew up in the the Bob Proberg, Wendell Clark size of uh, of fighters, and I was not that guy. <laughs> I had um, a, I had a mouth to fight, but not the muscles to back it up. So I saw Brendan Shanahan being interviewed by James Duffy, I believe it was, mm -hmm. and Shanahan talked about seeing 
the movie The Russian Five. I'm not sure if you've seen that. If I've you not. haven't, you no, should I look haven't. it up. It's, great. it's on Netflix. It's called The Russian Five. And it's the story, it, it's part of it's really hokey because they use like 1980s computer graphics, but it's the story of, of how the Red Wings got built, starting with how they got Fedorov out of Russia. It's really good, especially if you're from that era. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun to watch. All right, so, so you end up, you're in college, you get this degree, and then you're at W, R, was it Rolco? Rolco Radio? Well, first of all, it was Dauphin, Manitoba. Okay. And uh, CKDM. Um, and I was there for a year and a day. And then to Yorkton to CJGX. Uh, I was there at Country Radio. I was there for a couple months. Then to Rolko, uh, Gordon Doug Rawlinson, Pam Leyland, and uh, Michael Zaplitney, the whole crew at Rolko Communications in uh, Regina. So that was, uh, that was the dream station. That was uh, CJME. And uh, Z99 was the sister station. We, uh, uh, it was phenomenal. Loved it. Um, from and there. Ever on air? Were you, when I say only, were you only a program director? No, that was, uh, I was not a program director at this time. This was all on air. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, all on air. And then um, Rolko uh, bought a station in Ottawa. And um, so I, they asked me to go to Ottawa. And uh so that was CFGO in Ottawa. And um, one of the highlights was, um, there was there was a show in the evenings and I was hosting it once in a while. It was called Energy A Go-Go. <laughs> and, uh, and here, here's me uh, playing, you know, rap and uh, this kind of music on AM, on Energy 1200. And- um, what year, the, Roughly what year are we talking about now? We're 1980, uh, about 1980, 1990. Okay. Um, one of the uh, one of the young young artists from Glebe Collegiate in Ottawa, her name was Alanis Morissette, came into the studio. She was 16 years old and had a record. How ironic! And, Just kidding. Sorry. And and sat there and we played it, and we played the shit out of it. Yeah. And they made her a star. So it was a uh, it was it was quite uh, quite fun having you know, a star of her magnitude um, uh, in, the, in the building, for sure. Did, uh, uh, from, did you see her uh, remake of Ironic on The Tonight Show recently? Not yes, recently. I did. Fantastic, yes. huh? Yeah, it is. It yeah. Fantastic. The, uh, from, from Rolko in uh, uh, Ottawa, I had uh, got married, um, had one daughter, and we were expecting twins. And uh, so I said to Rolko, uh, look, I'd, re I'd prefer to be back closer to home in Saskatchewan with family. And uh, if you could transfer me, it would be great. I'll do anything. Uh, and they, uh, uh, by the way, I will tell you, Gordon Doug Rawlinson are the class act of uh, radio and broadcasting and ownership. And um, I can't say enough of how, how great they treated me and my family. Uh, Let's go around today. Pardon me? Are they still around today? They are, yes. In fact, I, I had some charts from, uh, that were in a memory box uh, from the 1960s, late 60s, and I sent them out to uh, Gord, and he wrote me a handwritten note. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, we, we, we don't talk enough, but uh, uh, they're, they're the people, they, they gave 
I think it was a million dollars recently to Saskatchewan to, to charity. Yeah. And um, class act, absolutely, right. all the way. So they sent me back to Regina. And uh, uh, at that point, Michael Zaplitney was in charge of uh, the Regina uh, operation. And there was the opportunity to change from um, playing music to talk. Yep. And um, I was in charge of that. So, um, and uh, one of the deals was uh, I'd be the morning man and program director when we switched over to news and talk. And uh, so it was a, it was a hell of a change. Um, uh, came down to LA to visit Dr. Laura and find <laughs> out how, how these things operate. Cause we were brand new. We didn't know how this was. And, uh, and so that experiment was uh, terrific. We signed on the station. I was the morning guy coming from being a DJ to being a talk show host. Uh, my first morning, Signing on six o'clock. Here's news talk CJME. I was out of I was out of content in about four minutes. <laughs> I mean, we're 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 used to introducing four second records. That's right. You know, it was it was awful. So uh, you know, eventually, you know, trying to get through four hours was whew, that's a lot of repeat of traffic and weather together in Regina, right. Saskatchewan. So uh, it was a challenge. The uh, I was morning man until nine eleven hit. Um, 9-11, it was Dale Isaac doing sports, uh, myself and, um, Murray Wood, I think was doing, uh, news. Anyway, the, uh, television was on and, um, uh, things started happening. And, um, of course we all, we all know what happened. The next morning I, I did the morning show, but after that I went behind the scenes to, start doing what programmers do. And um, the, the guy that followed me, John Gormley, a politician and uh, just an amazing talker who's still uh, doing the, the, the show today, uh, he came on and handled everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I went behind the scenes and that was the last time I did a regular show. So, so, that, so you're, you're, you're now a program director in Saskatchewan. And next thing I see in your bio is you end up in Kitchener. Yeah, Kitchener, Waterloo. So uh, from uh, from Rolco, uh, recruited by Rogers in uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, to do the same is to change the station over, and um, uh, so that was the process of go out there and do that. Remained there for several years, and um, then it was to uh, the fan in Toronto. So, so, so how did that happen? How did you, how did you make the move from, so we're talking 2010. So literally we're getting old on 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago in February, actually. Wow. Crazy. Um, So how did that happen? how do you go from Kitchener with the station to the, the PD at the fan? So I was, I was very interested in, in the news talk side of things and executing that. And we had, we had done quite well at 570 News and 680 News was part of that. So I was kind of working with uh, 680 News. Chuck McCoy, Gary Miles and uh, Paul Ski were, um, I mean, we were close enough to Toronto that uh, we got regular visits. And um, then the 2010 
Olympics were happening and Nelson was moving over to the TV side. And uh, they approached me and I said, um, hey, I'd love to take a crack at it. That'd be terrific. And um, so that's where it started out. So the support of Polsky and Chuck McCoy and, um, and Gary Miles at that time. So you land at the fan. Um, do you remember the lineup you inherited? Uh, Landry and Stellick. No, not really. They didn't last that long. So Landry and Stellick were usually followed by, if I'm right, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was Hogan, Hogan and Toth. Yeah, yeah. I think Stellick had a midday show. Sounds right. Could be. And then was Brady there? Did you bring Brady over? No, Brady came over. Uh, yeah, okay. I brought him over, yeah. So I think Stellick had like that midday show, yeah. I think. Yeah, and, I think so. and then, and then, um, McCowan. McCowan. Yeah. The franchise. The franchise. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, so you landed in February and, uh, in June, June 24th. Is that the day? That was the day you made, you made your impact felt the day of the, so, so walk us through, that's the day you made the you know, materialistic changes uh, to the lineup. Yeah. Um, so Nelson, who is uh, by far the nicest man in the world, and um, he was leaving to go over to the TV side. Uh, I knew going in, uh, that was, uh, the idea was we are going to freshen up the radio station. Yep. And, um, my job was to take some time to assess what was there, um, keep it, not keep it, and uh, present that to, uh, through research as well, and, and, and move to a newer, younger, more vibrant um, product. Okay. So, and, and Nelson wasn't going to do this. And, 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 and I, I respect Nelson for it. It's a, this, the staff was his family, and that was, um, the way it was going to be. So there was, you know, when I, when I came in, it was right after the Olympics and then decided to just, uh, um, assess everything as it was. And then on that, I guess, June 24th, you know, the day, just pull the pin and, and let's go. It's uh, it, we're not going to, um, the decision was not to hold off. Let's go full sweep and and get it done then we'll piece things together through summer and then uh then in fall have the lineup set so uh, there was nobody in my mind that uh, was going to um automatically have a position besides bob right that was the only thing that was safe and uh, no way in the world i was going to touch bob so when you say touch Bob, does that include the slot or just Bob? Are you Bob and slot. Gotcha. Bob okay. and so, slot. So, yeah. in your, so in your mind, prime time is going to stay prime time with Bob. Absolutely. Yeah, All there, other bets are off. Yeah, yeah there, there's a Bob in my mind, Bob is there until he decides he leaves. And um, when you were brought on with Nelson moving on, was it 
with the notion of we need to change things? Like, was that the edict from up above or was it, hey, we're bringing in a new boss. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Like, what was that like? No, I, coming in, they, um, management knew that I'm not afraid to make changes. Uh, hey, I, I've blown up the last three radio stations and replaced them with entirely different formats. Um, I can handle the criticism. I can handle uh, the pressure from an audience. And, and also, I'm lucky. I don't care if you've done mornings for 25 years. I don't give a shit. You know, we're going in a different direction. Thanks for coming. And that's it. So, uh, you know, maybe that's going to come across as I'm an asshole, but I had a job to do. Yeah, yeah. And the station needed to move forward. Um, and I think if you even talked to Nelson, it was, you know, I'm sure he cringed at some of the moves I made at that time. And, uh, but, you know, it was, we were going full sweep, full sweep. And how, what was the relationship like with management? How, how focused do you think they were on the fan at that time? I mean, Rogers is a big business. Uh, yeah. Lots of things going on, lots of stations, TV, radio, internet, plus, of course, the sale of cable. They own the Blue Jays. They own the Dome. Um, how, much pro how, much, how focused was the, uh, the magnifying glass, if at all? Uh, I felt there was a... Uh, I got the attention of anybody I wanted to have concerned about this, um, which was my guys were Paul Ski and Chuck McCoy. Okay. Um, I included uh, Derek Bergheis in, in sales because, I mean, when you're going to blow up the station, um, you know, everybody wanted to know, McCowan's okay, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 don't worry. Yeah, McCowan's <laughs> all good. So in those, in those big boardroom meetings, it was presenting to everybody uh, where Paul took it. I'm sure he took it higher and said, you know, we're going to do this and change things. Um, but it was full support ahead and, uh, and let's go. Yeah. Let's just, let's get on. So. All right. So you take, there's a summer period of, of relative quietness. Uh, I think you had a, a colleague from Kitchener take over the morning show, Jeff, uh, is it Lumley? Am I right? Jeff Lumby, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he was uh, from Guelph, yeah. And then you decide that you're going to start anew in the fall. Yep. So walk me through that process. The, uh, the summer was just buying time to see what comes out of the woodwork and, um, and, and what's going to happen. So, so Jeff was fantastic. And, uh, um, you know, he's fill-in guy and... Uh, you know, I'm sure he would have liked to have been there permanent, but it was, um, you know, and, and nothing that he did. Uh, it was just, uh, I was moving and, in a, you know, I liked Greg Brady and um, we had Mike Farwell who was coming in from Kitchener at one time and, um, you know, loved Farwell and his work ethic in Kitchener, still do. I think he's magnificent and he's great where he is. So that was... Lang was good. Uh, I liked the the personality between the two. Um, so it was it was coming together in the mornings. Um, one of the big hires, and I still would say one of my best hires, is Jeff Blair. Okay. Um, Jeff is uh, the most uh, credible, um, articulate, 
and and to a point of you know tough to get it out sometimes but i i love jeff because his opinion was amazing and uh i uh i think one of the best hires i've ever made and i loved working with him so the the other one was uh go ahead you want to say something yeah so i'm just i'm just i'm looking at my my history here yeah. And you and I spoke on July 12th of that year. Wow. Uh, I'm going to read a quote. Andrew has been a great soldier for this company. When we were looking for talent, I wanted the best. I believe Andrew probably is one of the top-notch talents in all of Canada. Oh, yeah. We have a show together with guests, callers, and topics. He's smart, sport smart, and he gets it. I'm so proud we did the deal. It's been a long time coming. So Andrew, Andrew would be... Andrew Crystal. Yeah. Um, so you'd shared that day that the new, the new day was going to be a morning show between six and nine. Andrew Crystal from nine to 12. Hockey Central with Greg Brady from 12 to two. The Greg Brady show from two to three. And then primetime with McCowan, three to six. Hmm. Well, that didn't last very long, did it? No. <laughs> well, when dealing with uh, dealing with personalities, I still talk to Andrew. Um, oh, I guess probably every couple months, and uh, he's doing really well for himself. And uh, um, I, I like him a lot. I, I think his personality and his his talent has not waned. Um, I can't, I can't say what happened. I don't, I, I don't really even recall. It just, uh, we moved on, you know, and that was it. So who knows? So he, he's an amazing guy. He is. He, interesting background. Um, he did news talk for Rogers in uh, Halifax. Right. And, uh, and then when coming to Toronto and, uh, yeah, now he runs his, I think he runs his own agency or something, but, uh, uh, talented guy. Yeah. So, so why do you think it didn't work with him at the station? Yeah, I don't, I don't recall, um, the reason, reason why I, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, that skips my mind of why, why he left and why we parted ways. I don't but, know. We're, we're, we're friends to this day. So no, my, that wasn't my, no, my question, I think it didn't work from a, a listener perspective. I wasn't looking for why did it end? Like what was the camel that broke the back? So to speak as much as, listen, I think, I think everybody agrees that if it had been going gangbusters, it wouldn't have ended. Yeah. There, no question. If, if the, it, it's about ratings and revenue and um, that's, that's a thing. People will know that I like characters. Um, you know, Andrew was a character. Yep, Greg yep. Brady is somewhat of a character. I like uh, Mike Richards is a fantastic character. Bob is a character. Yep. Um, Tim and Sid, both incredible characters. And, and I believe the, the ideas were there to entertain. And if it's... Um, we have that and those are the people to me that draw draw a nice audience that are okay entertain me in that sports realm but i need some life and and world around it too 
is you guys are humans. So, you know, Andrew was one of those characters. Uh, so. Okay. So then in March, you put Brady and Lang in the mornings. Yeah. Jeff Blair stays in his slot. Yeah. And you put Crystal in the slot where Brady was at one o'clock. Yeah. And then McCowan. How'd that come about? Uh, Brady and Lang. Um, great communicators, both veteran radio guys. Uh, Greg needed more and um, wanted to see how they could do in mornings. Lang, morning guy, um, another character, kind of easygoing, kind of the, the I, I look at it as if you can have three people in uh, the morning show and work on it as three characters and they can change characters at any given point. There's always the deer, the dick and the dork. And um, if, you, if you follow the first American Idol, which is Paula, Simon, and who's the other guy? Randy, ja Randy, Randy. Jackson, Randy. right? Right. Oh, that's the most successful. I cannot believe I could do that. Good work. I didn't watch the show. But remember, there were always the deer, the dick, the dork. Okay. And they changed, and they changed roles. And if you do that in a radio morning show, and you could have the deer, the dick, the dork. So yep. you can have uh, Brady is the deer, uh, Lang the dick, and your Mike Farwell the dork. Yep. And then the next bit can have them switching up. If you're all deers, you're all dicks, you're all dorks, nothing is entertaining. Gotcha. Right? So that was, that was the goal in building these shows is how do you create this show within a show? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my philosophy of, um, for these guys is whose role is it? Who's going to be the deer? Who's going to be the dick and who's going to be the dork. And so tell me what, what was, what were, what were you doing? What was the role of the program director besides yelling at guys like me, which took a good chunk of your time? Uh, um, my, my days were, um, Catch the morning show as it signs on, as you're, you're making the commute into work. I lived in Ancaster, so it was a good hour and a half in. Um, pop in to see the guys in the, in the, in the building. Uh, as soon as you get in, say hi, and then um, start to meet with the midday guys. Find out what they're going after, what show, what, what, they're, what they're doing, what's their angle. Uh, see if you can sharpen it up a little bit in meeting with uh, Jeff Blair, who is new to radio. How do we, how do we get his commentary to being, you know, what is the pith of that commentary? And he writes it out and executes it. And uh, um, so it was the process of working with the producer and the talent. Where is the show going? Um, as soon as the, you know, that is done, the morning show is finishing up. Usually have a, Give them a couple minutes to do some stuff and take a breather, come into the office, say hi, what worked, what didn't work, what would you like to see different? And then with the producers of where are we going tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? And that's the, the circle of all day. The only one that I, I didn't um, deal with is Bob. And, and really, Bob just showed up, you know, 20 minutes before, half an hour before the show, 
come into the office and sit there and we just BS for a little bit, but really it's his producers that have been working with him for six hours um, you know, from, from nine o'clock in the morning, calling him at home and what he wants and who he wants on his show. And, and they work their tails off for him. And are you spending time with them during the day? Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pop in, say hi, what are you guys doing? How's it going? What do you need? Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but more or less, it's it's hands off until they um, they need you. And um, so that was kind of, that's your day. That's your day. And then there's always the sales meetings, the uh, uh, other programming meetings, you know, long lunches, drinks, you know. <laughs> All those golf, things. golf. golf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's uh, let's pause for a second and, and take a break. Uh, a message from our friends at BetOnline.ag. All right, BetOnline.ag. While you're waiting this out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at BetOnline.ag. And by the way, you got no NBA, no NHL, MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but think again. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker, blackjack. It's all there. Plus, sports aren't totally done. There's eSports, lots of those on Twitch, by the way. American Idol, Big Brother, The Elections, yeah, the spelling bee. Uh, also, there's 750 grand poker series. That's big. There's still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code my pod 100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code mypod100. Bet online. Your online wagering experts. Thanks. All right. See you later. I'll All let right. you take a breath for a second. Um, so, doesn't sound like. Um, you're spending, and this isn't a negative, this is just a commentary based on what you just told me. Doesn't smell like you're spending a whole lot of time worrying so much about ratings and advertisers as, as perhaps the common fan would think. Yeah, advertisers would, hey, the fan, fan was making money, fan was doing well. 680 News and the fan were um, doing nicely in the, in, in the platform. And uh, there were there were a lot of other conversations going on in the background. See, and I, I'll, I'll I'll get to this on ratings. Ratings were important, uh, but look, there was there was really no competition. You know, TSN isn't uh, coming at us to that point. We're fine. You know, as long as you have McCowan, you know, it's you're 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 the he's the franchise. Just. Just put McCowan on an afternoon drive, you're done. It's, a, it's over. And, and everything else was fine. I was trying to build that lineup with um, uh, Brady and Walker, Brady and Lang, Brady and someone morning, Jeff Blair from midday because I wanted a baseball guy to get to those one o'clock games. Um, hockey, baseball central, I could take it or leave it, frankly, didn't really matter to me. That was a TV thing. We can get into TV, by the way. Yep. And then my afternoons, I wanted entertaining and I wanted Tim and Sid. And that was a big acquisition to bring them in. And, um, and then that, with that young demo leading into McCowan, that, that lineup, nobody would touch. 
there would have been no problem leaving that alone and it would still be making good money and bringing in great ratings. So, so repeat the lineup for me. What, the, your dream lineup is, is who in the morning? Well, Brady was there, yeah. um, you know, and uh, the, you know, and we can get into the, the Dean Blundell thing was pretty interesting and in how that all played out. And uh, I know the, the, the fans of the fan would go, what the hell is Dean Blundell doing on there? And I'll, I'll get into that. But it was Brady and uh, Lang or Brady and Walker, uh, whatever the case may be. Yep. Uh, Jeff Blair in middays. Yep. Uh, Tim and Sid um, early afternoons leading into Bob in drive. Okay. And, and in sports radio, drive time is the most important time slot. Every other radio station, morning drive. So it's leading into sports, leading into the games of the night. That's the big thing. So let's, let's talk about Dean for a little bit. Did you have that on your agenda? Of course. All right. Go ahead. So people wonder why Dean, why mix things up? Why, why screw around with something you got going? So Dean and I had met a couple of times uh, before the hire. We had, we had some lunch and uh, uh, Dean was talking to a couple other radio companies and Understanding radio and the male audience is there's a limited number of male radio listeners in the GTA. You'd think, oh, it's endless. Just put somebody on. There isn't. And when you're new and you have new stations coming on, people gravitate to it. So having Dean, and when we're in the middle of a battle with TSN right at that point too, yeah. it's, it's, they're getting better. And, you know, I can't have Dean go launch a male rock format over here yeah. and have him take a bunch of young male audience away from me. Yep. And so he has that ability, he has the talent to garner that huge male audience. I decided to pitch that to um, Chuck and Paul and yep. say, come on, let, let's, let's go after Dean here. And uh, so I wanted Dean on the fan. And I knew Dane, Dean can be that entertainer. Yep. We want to talk about if we surround him with the right people, um, we've got that, that, three, that three-legged stool, yep. and, and away we go. So that was the reason why of bringing Dean in. And Dean was, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a perfect fit, but we were working on it but I got Dean onto our station. I didn't have him go anywhere else. And that was the important part. That was the goal on this one. How hard was it to sell that internally? Not hard, not hard at all. Dean's a pro, Dean, Dean's a big name in Toronto. And um, no, not hard at all. When, when the idea of we can bring Dean Blundell into the operation, yeah, that would be not hard at all. Just could he execute on the format? And my thinking was, yes, he's a okay. guy. He loves sports. In fact, you know, what pissed me off was Dean could get Jose Batista into his studio at the, at the edge, and I couldn't have him. Jose Batista would never come into my studio. Right. I go, this guy is actually talking to players because they're not threatened by him. They're not uh, worried about what he'll say or ask. He's buddies with them. And that was a real clincher. Okay. So, so what happens? Dean comes on. 
move Greg into uh, middays. Greg's not happy. Uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg hates me. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, yeah, we don't, uh, we don't see eye to eye for quite some time. In fact, till I leave. Yeah. And um, uh, the, then Greg and I, we get along incredibly well now. We've okay. ironed out anything. Greg, Greg saw where, you know, while working there, I can't, you know, go into details. It's Greg, this is what you're doing. Thanks. And he didn't like it. So, um, yeah, I understood that. So away we went. So it was one of those, um, Tim and Sid are going to TV, you know, put Brady in and in, in afternoons, Dean in mornings and away we go. And leave Blair where he's at. Leave Blair where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so, I forget exactly how long Blundell lasted. He lasted until after I left. Um, like I don't think the uh, well, the current program director wasn't a fan of Dean. Okay. So I didn't expect he didn't expect it to last that long after I left either. So. And how how do you think Dean did as as host of the morning show at the fan? Uh. I'd say, I'd say average. Okay. Average. I, uh, support cast, um, wasn't fully there. And, um, and he, bottom line, the last, uh, three or four months, I was, I was in the process of leaving and I can, I can get into that because I didn't like the way the relationship between, uh, radio and TV was. And, um, frankly, wasn't, uh, I would have, I, it was just tough. It was just, there were, there were a lot of distractions inside the building and I, I can take the blame and I didn't give Dean my full support on that either. So, so quite famously, I remember on the competition, they had one of their insiders on and that person teased something that they were going to talk about that night on TV. Like, will you break down the trade or will you break down the signing or will you talk about the rumor? And, and this person's response was, no, like, if I tell you now, we'll have nothing to talk. It'll be old news by the time we go on TV. And to me, that was a pretty telling tale for how, unim how unimportant radio was to the competition at that time. So it's interesting for me to hear you say that there was a conflict, if you will, between radio and TV. So tell me what you mean. Well, before I got to the fan, uh, radio uh, was only a part of TV with Bob doing stuff. Yeah. Right. So then uh, the Pelly and Moore world came into play. Um, and it really opened the door to TV. And really, when I, when I say that literally, radio people were not permitted on the TV side. There's a, there's a hall, there's a, yeah. like a, a walkway. You're not permitted on There's locked doors, no access. Like there's, in, like in the Waco series where men weren't allowed into the women's wing. <laughs> yeah. Unless okay. you were David Koresh. Okay. Yeah. So, so radio was on three, three, three Bluer side. Yeah. In a little studio. It was awful. It, and, so one of the goals was to help TV put more radio on TV. It was a long process, but eventually 
uh, and Keith Pelly was really supportive of this. And Scott Moore was uh, to some extent too. We got the noon show going. Yeah. And Tim and Sid yeah. and, and Bob, new studios and radio kind of moved the Sportsnet 590 the fan moved over to the other building. Okay. Hey, new world. Lovely. Um, then, well, here's a quote for you. Radio becomes TV's bitch. Okay. Really, and that's and that's the way it became is that TV was dictating what was going on on radio. It wasn't a fun place to be. It wasn't fun at all. And it was... Um, promote this, promote that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. To, to extend the, the name. Like, Sportsnet. We're Fan 590. We're not Sportsnet 590 right. fan. <laughs> you know, and then, then Tim and Sid are gone. And uh, so it was, it was tough. And bottom line, I'll say the reason uh, I left Fan 590 was because of an offhanded comment from Scott Moore. Um, you want me to get into that? Yeah, keep going. All right. It was a, uh, it was a comment of, hey, maybe you're too old to be a PD. Wow. Um, so it was the fall of 2014. I was being headhunted for what I was told was a major market FM sports management job. Didn't know where it was. Yeah. Didn't know anything about it. I said no several times. Um, each return call had more money, more good stuff with it. Uh, I did not know at the time it was San Francisco or 95-7 the game. I, I had no interest in leaving the fan. And I finally said, that's it. Nothing. I, I'm not interested. Um, go away. Then uh, the comment from Moore, late December, early January 2015 in a meeting. Could have been a uh, yearly review. And, um, and he said the comment of, hey, maybe you're too old to be a PD. And, and that was it. It was just an offhanded comment. So one, one of the things you, you never know when you're talking to somebody is you never know what shit's going on in their life. Of course. Meanwhile, I've been, you know, beating these guys down go, no, I'm not interested in going anywhere. I have my family. I have everything. I walked out of that meeting. I called the headhunter and said, I've changed my mind. Game on. Right. And, um, it was a whirlwind couple months. Then in June 2015, I had my U.S. visa. I was working in San Francisco for Intercom. So uh, let's go back just for a second. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand. I understand the pressure. As I said, the other station at the time had somebody go on air and say, "Well, if I talk about this now, I can't talk about it in TV." Yeah. And the translation to me was, "Well, that's the money. Like the big audience is on TV. It's national. The hell with you guys here on local radio." Um, were you guys, how much pressure from a content or editorial perspective were you on? Um, nothing really too much. I mean, if, uh, we're going to carry a news conference, we, you know, the easy way is just carry, uh, carry our TV station, which was, which was great. So it made that much easier, but for, uh, for content, no, I mean, there, there's no restrictions on, hey, if the Leafs are playing bad, be critical. Um, no, I just wanted to know what the guys were doing. And if they needed to uh, sharpen it up, uh, that's perfectly fine. So. If, 
But if there's always been a perception that, you know, you can't talk negatively about the Blue Jays because you own the team. I mean, no. you own the other ones too, but you really own, as opposed to the others, you have a partner. The Blue Jays are, are wholly owned. Now, I, now I don't, um, I agree with journalistic integrity, but I don't agree with being an asshole. Right. Well, there's always there's different ways to say it, for sure. Right. Um, I didn't care that the team was owned by Rogers. Be fair, be balanced. That's all and, I care. Be fair. But did anyone above you care? Nobody, nobody ever came to me and said, can you calm it down? Nobody. Ever. Or don't you cover know? a story? No, 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 not a thing. Well, we didn't write very much for um, for anything, so that would be on Sportsnet side of things. But uh, for us, ours was you know live audio, and I don't recall them ever asking for tape. So most of our guys were were fans of the team and would be you know just disappointed fans when shit didn't go as planned. Uh, there was only the the Wilner thing at uh, in you know early on when I got there. And, and frankly, you know, you don't do that to the manager of a baseball club in a press conference. You get, you get a private meeting and then you question them and you guys sort it out. Right. You don't do it publicly. And, you know, frankly, I thought that, uh, um, that was, took a lot of heat of that one because, hey, suspend our own guy for, you know, catering to the team. Now you don't show up the manager in a press conference. You want to ask him something, you get a one-on-one. So, and it doesn't matter who owns the team. Doesn't matter. At your tenure there, who was the hardest person to manage? Hardest person to manage? Jeez. Uh... Well, it's the characters. Uh, yeah, Andrew Crystal was always um, always fun, and um, a little bit that way. Wilner, hard uh, to manage. Yeah, well, you don't really. I didn't really manage him too much because he just handled him himself. Uh -huh. um, there really wasn't anybody that was terrible. I didn't say terrible. I just said hard. Yeah. Well. I, who took a lot of energy out of your day? A lot of energy out of my day. Nobody. Okay. No, no. It was a, uh, it all just lumped into one. Nobody was, when there were situations going sideways, of course, those maintenance things were, were pretty tough. But uh, no, I didn't have a problem with anybody. And... Um, what, what does a successful morning show look like in the year 2020, assuming for sports? I'm not talking about the who, if you want to go with the who, that's fine. But what does it look like? What's the format? Because in my opinion, it doesn't work anymore. Right. Right. There, there has to be, um, in a sports station, there has to be the mix of what we're seeing now is real life with uh, the mix of sports, but also um, 
you know, I'm on feelings and passion and, but also, you know, can you go to a game? How do you experience that? Can be, um, what's your relationship with that, with players and coaches and, you know, people want to hear, hey, you know what, I, I hung around with Steve Kerr. You know, I said hi to him as I walked by and, you know, I saw the broadcast down here of the Warriors with Kalena Azabuki and the, and the crew. And, you know, just really nice to see Greg Papa and, you know, and I oh, shared a beer and, you know, those kind of guys. And it's, it's, it's a different world. It really is. And I think one of personality and community is going to be real, real important. So assuming that sports do come back and they will eventually, you've got to, you've got to write the job description or you've got to help program that morning drive. You know, how much of it is player interviews or, or personality interviews? How much of it is insider information? How much of it is banter about the games last night? And then how much of it is the stuff that you're talking about? Because that's the ba- that's the bag, right? Those are the ingredients. Yeah, it's it's got to be the world of making me laugh, making me feel involved. Uh, how do I? Can I participate in any way? Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of player interviews. I'm I'm more in, in, I'm more intrigued by getting somebody on that is um, like somebody who is at that game and quickly getting them to participate and it's quick hits it's you know hey we're on we got so and so for 15 minutes oh god you know get you know shoot me and 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 why is drive home so important in sports leading into the games leading the games getting me getting me ready to have some beers with the guys sit in my garage sit in the basement you know turning on the game that night that's the big thing do you listen to Toronto sports radio at all right now? I do. What do you like? I like overdrive a lot. Why? Characters. Characters, and it's real. Um, that's what I like. Uh, I think that they have nailed it, and um, and it's a it's a powerhouse show that's going to be hard to deal with down the road if you're going to take them on. And if you were back at the fan, what would you, so they've got, you know, they've got your boy Blair kind of in no man's land in a strange time, and not bad, strange, just unique time zone, followed by Tim and Sid. Good move, bad move. It's not Bob. Correct. So it doesn't matter? That's the answer. Okay. Not Bob. Uh, all gr- incredible talents, all, all of them, but they're not Bob. And it's like uh, Boston and Mike Missinelli. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's, 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 if, if you haven't got that slot filled with the guy, um, that you're not going to win. And um, just think it's not Bob, it's not going to win. Okay. And I love them all. So two questions that, that come to mind then. One, I hope you're, are you still good on time? Oh, what do I have to do? <laughs> in California in my backyard. Okay, so um, first question is, 
on the on the kind of Bob always could have been hit by the proverbial bus. Bob could have got Corona. So, so unfortunately, or fortunately, nobody lives forever. So at some point, there'd have to be life after Bob. What would you do to replace him? The um, moving Tim and Sid over to TV to me was um, a nice way to keep them happy, keep them yeah making good money, uh, but it got them away from radio. And what the there's different different talents to be on radio than for TV. Uh, in their one to four slot, that was a an opportunity to uh, be that next Bob. It was it, it's the it's the opportunity to grow into that. But if your if your audience doesn't know you exist, and all of a sudden you come from TV. Um, different world. You're, you're, you're radio guys. You, you got to be on radio. And um, so I think they, you know, I always say you don't do a TV show on radio. You do a radio show on TV right. and um, it's got to be a radio show. That's what people are tuning into on TV. That was lost yep. in uh, when you're staring at cameras and you're doing these things. So sure there was, you know, do you prepare for life after Bob? Yeah. You know, even I was, you know, Bob, you know, if he decides that he doesn't want to do this or whatever, what's next? Well, Tim and Sid were, were those guys that I was thinking of. And um, that's why they would appear on Bob's show every once in a while when Bob wanted and he could incorporate them. But it'd be a new show. It wouldn't be primetime sports with Tim no. and Sid. No, no, not at all. It'd be a different show. So... Second question, as you said, Bob is the best. When Bob is engaged in a topic, there is nobody that conducts a show or an interview like Bob McCowan, the end. Yep. Whether it's Messiah Jury, uh, John Ferguson Jr., or the rare time he actually brought a player in, very rarely even taking calls, um, forget flippant, piss you off, get off my radio station, Bob, from years back. Mm -hmm. When he was engaged in a topic, so when the Raptors were in the run, when the Blue Jays were in the run, um, when he was engaged, nobody conducted an interview better than Bob. Nobody. Right. He was literally the Ted Koppel of, of sports radio. And I don't just say in Canada, I think he was in North America, I think he was the best at what he did. What made him so good from your perspective? That's my opinion. For me, uh, Bob's legendary status of even growing up in Saskatchewan and seeing, seeing that, having the opportunity to work with him uh, was phenomenal. The, what made Bob incredible is that he, outside of that studio, He's humble. He's he'd come sit in the office and we'd be three feet apart and go, how the F are you? Doing pretty good. You know, walk the dog, you know, and it's about it. You know, it's, it's, he's very just, you know, when he came into the, into the station, it was a focus of get to that, you know, office. Yep. 
Um, I think he knew how his stature inside that building and how big it was, but I don't know, I don't know how comfortable he was with it. That I think he just like being a regular guy. I want to talk to him now. It's just, it's regular shit. You know, we talk about wine. We talk about the house. We talk about, you know, what's going on, but really Bob, Bob's just a normal guy. And you know what I loved on air? The simplicity of what he, he brought to it of his question wouldn't go on for four minutes. It was three words, you know, and why you suck, you know, and that's, that's simple as that. Yeah. How hard was it rotating either the co-host chair or the frequent guest list or not at all? You didn't care. Uh, you know, I think it, if it was a co-host, Bob picked, Bob came and said, look, I want so-and-so and, uh, go get him. Simple as that. You know, okay. it's, it's the way Bob make Bob as comfortable as possible, but also challenge him, you know, make sure that, you know, this person's going to, uh, challenge the product and ask some questions and, uh, you know, can they put up with Bob? Right. And um, that's a big thing too. Right. So I didn't find it a challenge at all. If Bob wanted something changed. Hey, let's go. What do we got to do to change it? It's going to cost money. Okay. Let's go see what we can find. Right. Yeah. So you love overdrive. Anything else that you like that's current? Uh, no, not much. Okay. No, pretty, uh, Pretty state. That's the that's the show. That's the show of Toronto right now. I'm in, um, of course, living in the Pacific time zone. Don't right. get a chance to listen to much morning uh, show stuff. But uh, there's nobody on in the mornings that that interests me on either station. So uh, I stay you, away from. Do you ever listen to Walker from Vancouver? I haven't in a while. No, uh, I haven't talked to Andrew. Uh, we didn't we didn't end things too well. It was. Um, uh, yeah, once I put Dean in, it was just not, uh, Andrew, Andrew went his own way. I, I, I think Andrew's a, a very talented broadcaster and, um, very defined opinions, has a great future. Um, I, I like what he brings to the table and just that we, it didn't, it doesn't work out for us. So whatever. Do you think he's better off in a small, being a little bit of a bigger fish in a small pond, smaller pond like Vancouver, um, than being in Toronto? I, I think Andrew, Andrew worked uh, both ways. I liked him in Toronto. I liked him a lot. And um, uh, in Vancouver, I'm sure he's a, he's a big fish. Uh, there and uh, because of the, the the smaller market for sure. Right. Yeah. Did um, when you were there and it's been some time. What was the view on on growing talent, helping people establish themselves? Uh, I liked it for weekends. I liked um, when shows would throw a uh, producer on, uh, Ryan Fabro. And uh, when they become characters and, and parts of the show, um, very intrigued in, in those kind of things as they work them in. Um, 
I think there's a, a fair bit of talent that doesn't deserve to be on in a Toronto market and have shows, but I understand the world is changing. And um, I think you need to pay your dues in order to get to Toronto and, uh, and to have a regular show. Um, what, what do you, let me interrupt for a second. What do you mean the world is changing? world is changing is the, how cheap will you work? Gotcha. Yeah. And um, you, you don't need to, um, you know, even in, even down here, there's, uh, there's two producers that are, have a show on in San Francisco and it's in the middays, San Francisco, for God's sake. And is that because it's still cheaper than putting on a syndicated show? It's local, it's cheap and they're homegrown talent. And these guys would do anything to be there. What do you think of the notion of, of syndicated shows in, in daylight hours? Uh, Colin Coward, Dan Patrick. Yeah, Colin Coward's the rock star. And I'd, I'd, I'd put him on in the midday. I'd, I'd put him on instead of you know, a couple producers. Right. Yeah. And uh, you think that even in Canada or specifically Toronto, do you, you think it's better to put on U.S. syndicated shows versus local, uh, not yet ready for prime time, so to speak, talent? I think, uh, what time is it here? Okay, okay, we're good. Um, I think it's, I don't see a border in sports. It, of course not. Uh, however, I do see where hockey is not a, uh, a, a big deal. And, um, you know, when you can have, when you, when you got markets like your New York and Philadelphia, you're still going to get some, some hockey coverage. But when you're dealing with a show that's coming out of LA or uh, Arizona, you're not going to get any hockey. Right. right? So is, that's the only thing that, that bothers me is when, when it's the, the Leafs and the Canadians are playing and I've got three hours without anything. On, on right. The All right. So, so two last questions. So, first one is, let's just talk about timing. Um, when should a programming day start? When should it end? And what do those slots look like? Because I know you, you've spent a lot of time on that math, if you will, and what what the right time slots are and why. I am. Uh, I, I've gone back and forth and because um, I, I want to incorporate a little bit of uh, could be some sales in here too. But I do believe the morning show should start at 5 a.m. Now, it may not be the full morning show. And this is where uh, I bring in, you know, um, it, it's, it's, the, it's the shower half hour or the shower, you know, 5 to 5.30. It's the producer. It's a, uh, them warming up and, and getting things ready. It's kind of. Uh, here's your chance to shine. You want to be an on-air guy? Here you go, five to five thirty. Five thirty. It's a highlight show on radio. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and giving that person some, some something to be a little bit more excited about than hitting buttons. Okay. Um, five thirty to ten is uh, morning show. Okay. Uh, ten to one is midday. One to four. Uh, graveyard <laughs> yes but that's where that big entertainment something that you got to be a full of piss and vinegar full of laughs having some fun 
kind of quick moving midday show. Okay. I have four, um, one to yeah, 10 to one, one to one to four, yeah. four to seven is drive. However, on game days, four to six with pregame pre show. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's a tough one because you're spending all your money on those hours. So, you know, I, I've, I've worked it as, can I go, can I do that midday show till three o'clock and move it on? So that's, you know, so it's I'm kind of mixed on that. All right. Last question. You've been awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, I lied. I have two more questions. Um, what do you think the future of sports radio is? I, we could talk for hours about Arbitron and, and, and the, the ridiculous numeric system. Forget that. Or what's the future for sports radio? Does it have to go to FM? Uh, are podcasts absolutely killing it? Uh, is it just pre and post game? What do you think? Well, I do believe radio radio in general is in a lot of trouble. I mean, you you read it down here between Intercom, Cumulus, iHeart, um, everybody's um, in the red, deep into the red. What's next? How can radio live in in this new world? Uh, radio has been on the sidelines uh, in in expanding their brand for a long time, and it's the only formats besides news talk. The, the sports is, has the personalities that they do. How can they bring them to life? Um, here's the shameless plug for what I do on Twitch. That was my, so that was my next question is what do you have? To oh, do? there you go. Worked it in. Um, what I do is help these brands and personalities come to life. And when you have um, you know, Bubba the Love Sponge is with me, um, Kalena Azabuki, Tom Thomas is nine years NBA. Um, Tony Bruno. Uh, these guys are incorporating radio on Twitch where they have that video. They have the ability for an audience to chat. And, and it's a moneymaker for them. So, you know, they, it's, as radio continues to not embrace uh, this world, yep. they, every minute they don't do it, it's another, another nail in their coffin. Because audio on AM, oh my God. Like, hey, my buddy got a, uh, a Tesla uh, at the end of the year. It doesn't have AM radio. <laughs> I didn't and, even know that. And BMW is next. They're pulling AM radio out. Wow. You know, you can buy AM radio in a Tesla for $2,500 more. Go, yeah. what? <laughs> what? You know, and, you're, just so you know, you're the one who introduced me to TuneIn Radio. Ah, okay, there you go. There you go. So I think there's radio needs to take a hard look at where they are and where they're going. Um, because it's not a, it's, it's not a fun ride. It's not going to be a fun ride and you can't pay talent um, to be on an, a sports station without revenue coming in. And you know, last I looked revenues down quite a bit. So, well, that's awesome. I really appreciate your time. This is really fun. Long overdue. Uh, hoping we can do it again when sports restarts. Uh, love what you're doing on Twitch and uh, please stay well. 
Hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Nice to finally talk to you when you're not yelling at me about the lineup or something like that. <laughs> life is uh, life is pretty good down here, and oh, my dog is yeah. uh, deciding it's time for food. Uh, but uh, yeah, really nice talking with you as well, and hello to everyone across Canada. Be well done. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.